From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. A flood warning was issued Thursday for the Taku River by the National Weather Service. The warning is in effect until 10 p.m. tonight. Thursday, river gauge reports indicate rises in water levels from a glacier-dammed lake outburst across the area. Flooding is ongoing or expected to begin, especially near the Taku River. Kimberly Vaughn is a forecaster with the National Weather Service office in Juneau. There's a river gauge, and it's showing that there's been a very um, rapid rise in river levels, and that's an indication of a glacier-dammed lake outburst. And uh, what we do know is that the river levels are lower than last year, which is good news because that's... um, with the amount of like record, you know, our our rare, very warm temperatures, a lot of snowpack that we have in the mountains, um, we're going to have a. It's looking like a pretty good release, and with that, because our river level stayed are started at a lower point, are we're expecting impacts to be less than uh, last year's uh, flood event, which was actual actually record breaking. Flood stage is at 43 feet. A crest around 44.4 was expected around 4 a.m. There's a lot more uh, water going through the Taku. There could be more debris uh, making, um, you know, water travel more dangerous. Um, The water level or water temperatures are down because this is coming from, um, you know, a, 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 a lake that's, you know, sitting under a glacier, and so it's much colder um, river temperatures as well. So higher flows, more debris, and colder temperatures. They say that if you live near or along the Taku River, stay alert and be prepared to take action. The cold water temperatures can increase the threat of hypothermia and lower the time required to cause hypothermia. Sustained dry weather has caused higher demands on the city and borough of Juneau's Mendenhall Valley water storage. The city's Engineering and Public Works Department is asking residents from Lemon Creek to Tea Harbor to be conscientious about water use until further notice. The voluntary water conservation request should not significantly impact normal water usage activities. Deputy City Manager Robert Barr. We have two main water sources here in Juneau. Uh, there's the Last Chance Basin, our surveillance area, and that supplies water downtown in Douglas uh, area, and then Salmon Creek, um, which supplies water, um, uh, Lemon Creek and then Helly and out to Tea Harbor. And uh, the, 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 Lemon, the, Salmon, the Salmon Creek um, area, we're, we're running at max capacity right now. So, um, and that, that is because of the sustained dry weather. We've all, of course, been enjoying the sun, um, but we need some rain every now and then, too. The city is asking that residents turn off their water when not in use and sparingly water their lawns and gardens. Barr says water pressure is essential for Capital City Fire and Rescue to be able to fight fires. He says this is what would trigger a decision to pump water from other reservoirs. The thing that we uh, that, that triggers that that sort of decision for us is when we start to see water pressure go down below where we would need it to be in the event of a fire. So, um, especially during dry weather, we we really pay attention to water pressure. We want to keep that pressure um, at its maximum so that in the event that CCFR does need to respond to a significant fire um, in the valley or anywhere else in the community, they have the ability to access that pressure um, and get as much water onto that fire as possible. So that's that's the first metric that we look at. City residents outside of Lemon Creek to Tea Harbor are not affected. Meanwhile, 
Deputy City Manager Barr revealed on the KINY Morning Show the status of COVID vaccines for children ages six months to five years old in Juneau. He says public health has been busy every Friday. Public health has been full up on their um, on their Friday vaccine days, so they vaccinate from 8 to 4.30 every Friday. Uh, for the next two weeks, they're adding Wednesday mornings, 8.30 to noon, due to that high demand. So um, that's for that's for anyone, um, but notably kids ages six months, six months old to five years old are newly eligible uh, for those Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. So if you've been waiting for those, um, they're, they're there and available now. Barr says the FDA is working on Omicron variant vaccine approval. The FDA's vaccine uh, advisory committee uh, voted to, um, to to pave the way for for these new updated vaccines. So, you know, we all we all know that the current vaccines are, are based on the original strain of uh, the coronavirus, COVID nineteen, um, and uh, the COVID's evolved quite a bit since then. You know, we can think back and think of the alpha variant, and beta, delta, and, and omicron. Um, and so uh, vaccine companies, Pfizer and Moderna specifically, uh, have been evaluating new uh, new vaccines that are more better target uh, the, the variants that we're dealing with right now. So Omicron specifically is what they're looking at, and they expect to have um, updated, updated versions of those ready sometime in the October or November time frame. There is still more work to do regarding Omicron variants, however. Vaccine efficacy is beginning to slow, and the data on the former city COVID-19 dashboard is now hosted by the state. A Juneau man has been arrested on charges of child pornography. According to the Department of Homeland Security, Alaska Department of Public Safety, and the Juneau Police Department, 27-year-old Caleb James Starts was taken into custody on June 27th in the 9400 block of Long Run Drive. He is charged by indictment with 10 counts of possession of child pornography, all Class C felonies. David Yost, a spokesperson for Homeland Security, said, quote, there's not a lot of details I can provide right now, as it is an ongoing investigation. Starts is currently being held at Lemon Creek Correctional Center on a $5,000 cash bail, plus conditions of a third-party custodian and pretrial monitoring. The next court date is today in Juneau. The Alaska Marine Highway System has contracted Gold Belt's Catamaran to bring people in for the weekend of the Cake Dog Salmon Festival. The festival this year is set for August 6th in Cake. The catamaran will depart August 5th at 6 a.m. from Statter Harbor and reach Cake at 1.30 that afternoon. The return trip is on August 7th. It will depart Cake at 1 p.m. and arrive in Juneau at 8.30 later that evening. Tickets can be reserved at FerryAlaska.com under the Reservations and Sailing Search tab. A maximum of 100 passengers can be booked and no freight is allowed. Flights are also available through Alaska Seaplanes. Rissa Jackson is the organizer of the festival. This is the first time we're going to be able to have this festival um, since COVID started and we're really excited that we're able to do it this year. We're hoping to have a great turnout. Um, you can count on the famous canoe race being back and um, the fish fillet contest, two-person fish tote race. We have foot races for all ages. We're going to have a big raffle with lots of prizes. There's a junk tank. Um, vendor booths are going to be 
set up all over, selling food and drinks, and we're hoping for some good weather to have a good time. Jackson says the return of the event is important to Cake. The festival began in the 90s as a way to bless the fleet and the salmon run. We have a little over 30 floats, so it should be a nice turnout. That's Kelly Patterson, the secretary of the Juneau 4th of July committee. Thursday was the last day to submit applications to be in the Juneau 4th of July parade. The parade is Monday morning at 11 a.m. Patterson, along with Grand Marshals Dr. Amy Dressel and Brian Weed, joined Dano on the KINY's Capital Chat. The parade starts at 11 a.m. on Monday, and we are so excited to have everybody joining us. It's going to be fun. It is, and now we actually have both Grand Marshals in the studio, so we're glad, Amy, we're so glad we could get you in here. Yeah, thank you, you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> so initial thoughts, Amy and Brian, when you got told you were Grand Marshals, surprised what, what was going through your heads? Did you even see it coming? No. <laughs> it was like, wait, what? <laughs> I, I thought a friend was teasing me when they let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Patterson spoke to the selection process to pick the Grand Marshals. What happens is the committee comes up with um, their nominees. We pick a theme, and then we pick people that we think best reflects the theme. Um, we take a week to think about it, make sure that nobody has any uh, disagreements, and then we do a very selective vote, and this is what we come up with. And these are the two, <laughs> these you are came the two that we came up with. Um, we had a lot of good nominees this year. It was really hard, um, but... In the end, we love these two. They've been great to work with. They've been super kind, and they have just been big assets to the community. So we're so great to have them both. In addition, Juno 4th of July Parade Director Damon Geary has announced that with the recent passing of Dennis Egan, they have named him as one of the Parade Grand Marshals. So Senator Jesse Keel, Bruce Patello, and Bill Corpus have been recruited to represent Egan in a Tundra truck supplied by Mendenhall Auto. Meanwhile, millions of Americans are on the move this July 4th holiday weekend as airlines struggle to keep up with demand. At Newark Airport, Melissa Linton was headed to Alaska Friday morning. I'm going back to Anchorage, Alaska, and so far it's been pretty uneventful and... I just hope to get back so that I can enjoy the 4th of July weekend this weekend and start my family vacation. Audio provided by ABC News. Capital Transit has been seeing an uptick in tourist ridership, and in response, the city is in the process of developing a transport system that aims to serve visitors. The most frequent usage is people walking from the dock to the downtown transit center taking the bus to the valley, and then getting off on Mendenhall Loop Road to walk to the glacier. That's according to Denise Koch, Deputy Director of Engineering and Public Works in Juneau. So really, in general, people are trying to get from downtown to the glacier. Um, and we have seen and felt, uh, you know, a very high percentage of, of, uh, of buses that are really having a lot of tourist traffic. That is something that we are really looking at, and that's something also that is um, broader than just capital transit. Koch said that Juno Tourism Manager Alexandra Pierce is investigating the potential for a tourism-oriented circulator bus service, which would take tourists where they need to go and would help alleviate pressure on capital transit and minimize the impacts to Juno residents. It would be a bus that's oriented uh, for 
uh, tourism. You know, it's uh, really trying to get the the tourists um, and primarily cruise ship tourists from you know where from the docks to where they want to go, which generally tends to be the glacier. Uh, but is not limited to just the glacier, of course. Uh, but that's the most the most popular spot, and we're hoping that that would you know so- serve that tourism need um, and make our our visitors happy, but also uh, mean that they wouldn't have to be on Capital Transit and would leave more space on buses for Juno residents. Currently, the city is trying to hire a consultant to help put together a plan and do a study for what it would take to implement a tourism circulator. A cruise ship that struck an iceberg in Alaska has docked in Seattle for repairs. The Norwegian Sun hit part of an iceberg on Saturday near Hubbard Glacier. The ship was turned around to Juneau, where it underwent an inspection. But on Thursday, hundreds of cruise ship passengers are safely back in Seattle. ABC's Alex Stone reports. In this audio recorded by Riley Wells on board, you can hear the sound of the ship hitting the iceberg. Called a growler, which is a small iceberg, the ship, the large Norwegian sun, docked in Alaska to be inspected by the Coast Guard. The damage bad enough, the ship had to head directly to Seattle at low speeds for repairs. Jason Newman was on board. We didn't realize how big or, or how significant it was until until a day or two later. Norwegian Cruise Line says the next cruise has been canceled. Alex Stone, EBC News. According to data collected by the Juneau Economic Development Council, there have been a sharp increase in the last year of Airbnb and VRBO type listings in the capital city. It's been tricky getting good data. Uh, The city does have some data. Uh, Not everybody timely um, uh, reports when they start an Airbnb like they should. If you're out there and you have an Airbnb or or similar, you need to report that to the city. So there's Um, some difficulty even just getting the data. There's difficulty getting the data. And we've we've gone to uh, two different firms to help us to um, collect the data. And they come up with pretty similar results, but not exactly close. Executive Director of JEDC, Brian Holst, said they went to two different firms to help them collect data by monitoring listings online. There are 400-plus Airbnb and VRBO-type listings in Juneau, according to Holst, and there have been an increase of 100 in the last year. And according to one of our most recent um, group that, that collected data for us, they've shown 30 in just the last 30 days. However you look at it, we're seeing a big increase in short-term rentals. Juno has added about 1,200 housing units in the last 10 years, but Juno has the same or lower vacancy rates than it had 10 years ago. Hulse said they are working to get a sense of the pace of short-term rental growth and said that a critical number to determine is the number of rentals renting for 90 days or more a year, which, according to Holst, could be as high as maybe half the units. When you get to past 90 days a year, it gets really hard for a local to then also use that unit. Um, so then we start displacing, you know, our families and our workers um, here in Juneau. That's where the, the assembly is going to have to figure out if they need to take any action in, in regulating that market. Or we just need to build a lot more homes so that we can have these short-term rentals and have housing for our workers. JEDC's Brian Holst commenting on Action Line. The Alaska State Fire Marshal's Office is suspending the use of fireworks across large portions of the state, citing fire dangers. 
The State Department of Public Safety says the fire marshal's office, along with the Division of Forestry and Fire Protection, have suspended the use of fireworks until further notice in the Kenai Peninsula, Matanuska, Susitna, Denali, and Fairbanks North Star boroughs. It says the suspension also applies to areas in and around Delta Junction, Toke, and Upper Tanana Valley, and to the Copper River Basin area. Southeast Alaska is not part of the suspension. Dozens of people experiencing homelessness in Anchorage will now camp at a city-owned site as a major local shelter closes. The Anchorage Daily News reports that Sullivan Arena provided shelter for hundreds of people nightly for more than two years, but it is closing as a shelter. The use of Centennial Campground to provide a place for people to stay is seen as a stopgap measure, with indoor shelters full and Mayor Dave Bronson's administration clearing illegal campsites, citing fire danger. On Wednesday, the sound of an air horn blasted through the campground as a black bear and two cubs sauntered into the site. Kenai Representative Ron Gillum is calling for the Sadalt City Manager Stephanie Queen's job. His statement stems from an event that was sponsored by Identity Alaska. He says that families on young children were subjected to an adult-oriented content, which he called inappropriate. Here's Representative Gillum in a podcast interview provided by KSRM Radio Kenai. What happened in the park was, to me, unacceptable. It was okayed by the city council. And as you know, the city manager said, well, it wasn't illegal and got to doing some checking. And actually, I think it was. If you go to uh, the Alaska statutes, Title 11, 1161-128, it's a distribution of indecent material to minors. One of the sections in there says that the material depicts actual or simulated conduct in a way that is patently offensive to the prevailing standards in the adult community as a whole with respect to what's suitable for persons under 16 years of age, except as provided in E of this section, distribution of indecent material to minors is a class C felony. Even though she thought it wasn't illegal, I believe it was. According to KSRM, the event had participants marching from Soldatna Sports Complex to Soldatna Creek Park. It included live entertainment from several performers. Identity Alaska has held Soldatna Pride activities since 2018. There will be a road closure this month on Mendenhall Loop Road in July as crews work on a repaving project. According to Sam Dapsovich at the Department of Transportation, Mendenhall Loop Road will be closed between James Boulevard and Mendenhall Mall Road from 7 p.m. on Friday, July 15th to 5.30 a.m. on July 18th. The closure comes due to the replacement of a major fish passage. During this time, traffic will be directed to detour routes. Never miss a story or a newscast at keinyradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.